You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Um, before we get going, Andy, I want to remind everybody to join NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. We're local, and you can get our expert analysis during the show. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube and watch our live coverage on July 29th, starting at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, draft, one of the many things that we'll be getting into this week. It's going to be a really busy week. Um, and uh, we're going to start it actually tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Eric Pincus, uh, draft, ec- or I'm sorry, uh, salary cap expert, knows the uh, the business of the NBA backwards and forwards. We got started, Andy, on that with um, Danny LaRue last week. We're going to keep it going with Eric Pincus this week. Send us your questions at Brothers at gmail.com, at uh, Cam Brothers on Twitter. Eric will know the answer. This is going to be really, really good for listeners. Um, and then thir- uh, Thursday, on, the, on draft day, we'll have Mike Garcia. He tweets under Canyon Driver, knows the draft inside and out. Um, and uh, again, we'll be previewing all the guys we've looked at already uh, at Locked on Lakers. And then obviously some guys that we haven't. He'll tell us maybe who the Lakers might target if they buy into the second round. All of that stuff. Uh, that'll be Thursday with Mike Garcia. So lots to look forward to this weekend. But over the weekend, the the rumor mill does not stop just because people stopped working for the weekend. It kept going. Um, a really interesting name popped up courtesy of Sham Sharania at The Athletic. Buddy Heald uh, linked to the Lakers um, in a deal that would presumably include Kyle Kuzma because they all do. Yeah, according to uh, Shams, he's been involved in this package, but also the Lakers have received a lot of interest from several teams around uh, the league uh, regarding Kuzma, and that is interesting. We're going to talk about this later in the show because Kuzma and KCP, according to Woj, have been discussed a lot around the league um, in things that have been sparked by the Lakers, and we will get into the whys with that and you know just what it means for the Lakers this offseason in terms of trying to make anything happen via trade. Um, and so, like, if you look at Buddy Heal, we, we talked a lot about Russell Westbrook on Friday's show, correct, Andy? That was when we yeah. when we did that. If Westbrook is a one in it, like, Westbrook is a giant. I don't care if people are like, you only have to give I don't. doesn't matter. You had Russell Westbrook to your roster. You are making a big swing and doing it. Like, you are pushing a big change. Like, that's disruptive. He's Russell Westbrook. That's, you know, disruptive by nature. Um, whether you like it or you don't like it. Buddy Heald is obviously somewhere in the middle. He's not Westbrook. He's not an insignificant addition. But at the very least... He's been a little disruptive at times in Sacramento. I mean, he 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 does have the ability to be disruptive. He does, life. but that not in the same. What I mean by disruptive sure. is... I don't mean disruptive as a human. I mean disruptive as a basketball player. No, no, and no. I was, just want to make sure... Is, you know, right. No, you're right. He is, he's Point that not, out. Right. No, that's true. At no, the very least... Wallflower. Though, <laughs> he is not. Um, at the at the very least, though, he would address one of the major issues that the Lakers have, which is uh, scoring and particularly shooting. Because Heald, regardless of what you think of him as uh, as a player, 
took 10 three-pointers a game last year, hit 40% of them, um, and this with a team that was not necessarily renowned for its uh, skill and spacing and all these other things. So you presumably playing with LeBron and AD, he would have a lot more open looks than he did in Sacramento where he has been a tremendous volume three-point shooter over the last, basically since he came into the league. Yeah, I mean, he, if you look at co- uh, a couple of his numbers last year, he was almost 40%, like you said, on on, uh, on threes, but in particular, catch-and-shoot threes, which he would get a lot of looks <laughs> playing with LeBron. He's, oh, also, yeah. he's also around 38% last season on pull-up threes. So he he's really good with outside shots, manufactured a lot of different ways. Another thing that was interesting about Buddy Hill that – I was actually not aware of until, you know, starting to dig into a little bit more after this report from Shams. His assist numbers have basically doubled over the last two years, uh, 3.5 for the 2019-20 season, then uh, 3.8 um, for 2021 over uh, per 36 numbers, which is not exceptional, but it's not horrible either. And last year, he managed to crank up the assists without the turnovers following. So he's it seems like he's doing a better, better. job. Yeah, it's better. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, and so not prolific, but it's he is better. a right. He is has been a pretty good offensive player over the course of his career. He has been a terrible defensive one, yes, and so I think this and this is the question I think that you ask with all players that would come because healed is like I've said this a lot, and I, I firmly believe it. The ideal person that you could bring in is somebody who is a credible starter who can play either just go ahead and start or play starters minutes, can finish games or whatever. Because otherwise, you know, especially when you're talking about that shooter's role, that floor space or around LeBron and AD, because if it's just somebody who can play a little bit with the second unit or maybe periodically finish games or whatever, yeah, okay, you've added shooting, but you haven't necessarily added shooting at the times of the games and in the lineup combinations that you needed. Healed is a is a as it would be a legitimate starter, um, you know, starting caliber guy. But you know, the, the question becomes: Can the sort of the culture of the Lakers and the defensive emphasis playing with Anthony Davis, uh, playing under Frank Vogel, can you take a guy like Healed? Who has never been a good defender? He, if you look at even acknowledging that Sacramento was god awful defensively last year, his numbers, like the advanced numbers, are bad. Sure. Part of the and, reason Sacramento has been so consistently bad defensively is because of Buddy Heald. Yeah, I mean like, he is a he is a just train wreck defender. And, I mean, if nothing if nothing else, like if you can turn Buddy Heald into a passable defender on this team last year like that should win Frank Vogel coach of the year like yeah. that in and of itself Absolutely. would be enough and so th- that would be my 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 major hesitation there is like yeah he definitely solves one issue but does he create another um yeah you know, I mean when, when you th- when you think about this in terms of you you were saying like a guy that you want to be able to have finish games like he is somebody that you would want to have out there for that shooting and scoring ability, but he is definitely going to be somebody that you have to figure out how to cover for defensively uh-huh. in crunch time, which is not ideal when every single possession matters. He's also, too, I, I think this may be surprising to some listeners. He's older than I think a lot of people may realize. Like, Buddy Heald will be 29 when the season starts. Like, for somebody who has not been in the league 
that long. He is much older than people expect. And, and I bring this up, not because that makes him too old to contribute, obviously, but the, the odds of notable improvement, unless it has no, been just, no. unless it has been all just bad culture, either in New Orleans or Sacramento, and being a part of a true elite contending team like the Lakers brings out the best in healed. He may be able to improve some around. Oh, I, I don't think. I don't think. But this is likely who yeah, the no, dude he is, is. Who he absolutely. He is absolutely he also, who he is at this point. Now, just to your point, Andy. I think you could say playing with in a in a better system, more discipline around better players might sand off some of his worst habits, but you know, and maybe accentuate things he does well. But his game isn't necessarily going to improve. Like I, he's not going to grow in that way. He is what he is. Just a question of whether or not you can get the most out of him. Yeah, he also too is owed about sixty-six million dollars yes. over the next three seasons, and it's a contract that descends. It goes from twenty-two-ish million next season down to eighteen-ish million in the final season. Um, it's still so it's a lot not of money, right? It's not unmovable because there's no such thing as an unmovable contract, but. It may be an unappealing contract to try to move if okay. for whatever reason you wanted to. Let me, I'll let me yeah. Well, let's just say let me compare like to, like, compare and contrast this one to another name that popped up over the weekend. Uh, Jake Fisher at Bleacher Report. Really, a lot of people have talked about how the Jazz are potentially going to move off guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. That's theirs, right? They have Boyan, not yeah. Bogdan. Bogdan's in Atlanta. Boyan's Bogdan's in, in Utah. Atlanta. Yes. Um, or, you know, even Royce O'Neal and uh, Joe Ingles. And the hypothetical Kyle Kuzma and a draft pick for Joe Ingles thing has been tossed around on the internet. It's a, it's a, it's a rumor that, that people love because it actually kind of makes sense for everyone. Joe Ingles is much older. He's, I think, 34. I love this idea way more than Buddy Heald. Um, he is uh, on an expiring contract next year is a better player, has consistently shot 40% from three. And, Andy, what I love about Ingles is he's a good defender and he's actually a really good facilitator. He's not necessarily a point guard. He doesn't, you know, but as a secondary ball handler, a guy who can move uh, with the second unit, um, take some of that distribution uh, responsibility away from LeBron, he's not a point guard, but he absolutely solves some of these problems. I love, 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 love the idea of them sending... If that were the deal, Kuz in the 22 for Joe Ingles, in a heartbeat, I would get that done. I mean, I'll be honest. I would actually rather them move, uh, try to create a deal if they're going to uh, if they're going to be talking with Utah and they can't get Joe Ingles. I'd rather have Royce O'Neal than Buddy Heald. I mean, if, if I could choose between the two, it's a way better defender, and he's actually just as good a shooter. To be perfectly honest, I don't actually think the best deal the Lakers could make with Sacramento as far as a, as a shooting wing goes, is actually Buddy Heald. I, I actually think there's a better deal that the Lakers could make. Get into that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew. Not going to call out the ones, Brian, that you know require like a chainsaw and like a like an axe to, to get through. Yeah, I mean, they're just... 
they're a mess, but they know who they are. Built bars, though, they're healthy. They're great for health conscious people. Whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but you still want something to taste great, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet, even more delicious than before. You get the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, banana bread, six new flavors like cherry, barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, perfect for someone like me who just wants really cool taste combinations and to not get bored with my snacks. And, and Built Bar is just, you will never you tell, feel you, you tired of You say that it. to me all the time. I do not want to get bored with my snacks. No, absolutely, man. I mean, like, especially when you deal with the monotony that comes with being a parent and, you know, children and all that stuff, you need, you need the little all thing. All you have are your snacks, to be honest yeah. with you. That's really all you have. Yeah. I mean, you just get beaten down so much, but the Built Bars, man, they pick you up. So go to BuiltBar.com. Not that we don't love our children. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off in your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Um. All right, so Andy, you uh, we talked about Buddy Heald. We're, we talked some about Joe Ingles, and we'll continue to, to talk about him here in, in a moment. But you were saying that you don't even think that Sacramento, the best guy you could get off the Kings, <laughs> you know, in, in, a, in a deal would be would be Heald. No, if if I'm looking to talk with the Kings, if I'm Rob Palenka, I'd rather have Harrison Barnes. I mean, he's he's basically the same age as Buddy Heald. He's only about four months older, believe it or crazy. not. Yeah, he's just as good a three-point shooter. The last few years, Harrison Barnes has been around a 40% three-point shooter. He is a way better defender, like night and day oh, right. better defender. He's more experienced with big games. His deal is one year shorter. He needs the ball less than Heald. Like, I would make the exact same deal that you could make to get Buddy Healed for Harrison Barnes. Right, except I, I don't know if Sacramento would do that. I don't, I don't know. I, I'd be willing. I'd be will, I'd, I would, if I had to choose between give up more to get Harrison Barnes or give up less to get Buddy Healed, God is in the details here, obviously, but chances are I'm taking yep. give up more to get Harrison yep, Barnes. Better absolutely. player. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I, I think you know, you would talk about a guy who would fit neatly into that role of understanding what it is to be the third or fourth best player on a championship team. Yep, he, he's been there before. Yeah, I, I really love how he has sort of quietly resurrected his career yes. from being seen as this guy who you know, uh, wet the bed or whatever to some degree with 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 Golden State uh, at the end there, and then you know sent into the wilderness like his last couple seasons he's been a really solid yeah. player i mean i don't know if barnes is an option i've heard i i have heard talk before about you know the the kings either putting floater you know feelers out there for him or you know floating the idea of it or them getting calls about barnes and you know because barnes well, i'm sure they're getting plenty of right because barnes is so i think really easier and in a lot of ways more proven for a contending team to, to yeah. fit into what they want to do than Buddy Heald, you know, they may be holding out for more than the Lakers can offer. I don't know. But the point I being, ask, though, in yeah, a lot of right. ways, ask first. When, when people think about scores and shooters, I think more people would automatically go to Buddy Heald over Harrison Barnes. But I know because we want to talk about just like the idea of overall fit and, you know, roster composition. I think Barnes makes way more sense as an acquisition from Sacramento mm -hmm. than Buddy Heald. Like, I don't even think it's close. I, I, I 100% agree with you. And so, like, okay, to that topic, because, you know, again, we spent Friday's episode talking a lot about Russell Westbrook and the question of fit. Um, and, you know, so the U Team USA loses, 
I guess it's Sunday, um, yeah. Sunday somewhere, um, to France in the opening, whatever they call it, rounds of the Olympics. Neither one of us really care. We Our national identity is not wrapped up in how well Team USA does at the Olympics. But, um, you know, people really are upset by this. And one of the most common things that you see, perhaps probably the most common thing is just the U.S. has too much talent to lose to these teams. France has got some really good players on it. Ignore that for a second. But that's what people always seem to go back to. The U.S. is just too talented. There are too many good players. I don't care if the maybe it's the you know the the preparation isn't quite as there. Guys are tired, or you know the roster construction isn't great. They don't have any bigs or whatever it might be. We're just too good. We have too much talent. Talent should. And look, the NBA is a talent-based league. I get all that. But when you look at somebody like Russell Westbrook, it is an enormous undertaking to try to wedge him in. And the talent that you're gaining is undercut by not having a good fit, in this case, by not having the right fit or not having skill sets that really match up with, with the other guys on the team. So you can measure stuff, Andy, in raw talent. And yeah, Westbrook, Davis, LeBron, that is a bleep ton of raw talent. But that talent isn't maximized with that three-man combination. I think you actually could make an argument that it is much easier to use Harrison Barnes to get Joe Ingles or somebody like that. Like, And so you're not gaining as much in pure talent but the integration part of 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 Ingles is easier. Um, you know, guys don't have to remake their games. That means something. You're going to spend a whole season with Russell Westbrook trying to figure it out, and then have to start over again in the playoffs when teams are scouting directly. It's a lot, and there are easier ways to do it. Where I think the Lakers, in the aggregate, not sorry to go on here, but where the Lakers in the aggregate become a better team as opposed to a better assemblage of talent, which is what we, you know, people talk about with Team USA. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you have to look to try to find that sweet spot because the sure, counter-argument counter to what you're saying is that it could be easier to put in Harrison Barnes and, and, and or Joe Ingles, but without some other talent upgrade to go along with it, it's just not enough. It's simply easier to do what you're doing. But that's like the difference between you and I talked about this on a YouTube clip that's part of the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel. And this one is exclusive to it. It's not just yeah, like subscribe, a, folks. Exactly. The, this is something you only get if you're subscribing as opposed to the podcasts, which are always available on the YouTube channel. And if you want to watch them, they're great. But this is something that's specific to it. We talked about uh, some of the scuttlebutt connecting the Lakers to DeMar DeRozan. And DeRozan, in terms of his overall skill set, has some of the same deficiencies that you talk about with Russell Westbrook, in, in particular the lack of shooting range. But the difference, though, is DeMar DeRozan is a much more overall efficient scorer yes. than Westbrook. In particular, he's way better in the mid-range. He's actually a really, really I, I, good... Look, you're right. DeRozan feels so, to me to be like... He's much. He's he's a great combination of the two of those things. Right. He's just an, in he terms is, of roster. Right. He's an imperfect fit for what the Lakers are trying to address with, with some of the weaknesses that they have. Like, he doesn't solve everything. And, and you could make the argument that DeMar DeRozan, as a player, may not bring enough of what the Lakers lack to make integrating him worth it. 
But I would be stunned at the idea that it wouldn't be easier to integrate DeRozan versus Westbrook because he's a lower usage player. He's more efficient as a scorer. And defensively, you're going to have to try to figure out stuff for both of them. So in that, I mean, Westbrook is probably a little bit of a better defender than DeRozan. I think so. But but you're still going to have to figure out how to solve the puzzle of either one of them defensively. I just, I just, I look again, the NBA is a talent. We talk about it all the time. The team that gets the best player almost always wins the trade. Like, I'm not saying any of that stuff goes away. And ultimately, you can overwhelm teams with talent. Like, yeah. that is a way to do it. I mean, Brooklyn is sort of kind of trying to do that. But the difference is that those three pieces, those three pieces fit, fit together yeah. much easier. Yeah, then, it's not that there's no complications with it involved, and you you know you have to think about uh, certain defensive issues when those three are your three stars. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how it operates on the floor, it, their skill sets all complement each other really well. Assuming everybody is just willing to give up a little bit in terms of usage, how much they have the ball. Like you know, Zach Lowe, I've heard point this out before, and it's a it's a great way of framing it. Kevin Durant may be the easiest superstar in NBA history to fit in anywhere. Like there's nowhere Kevin Durant does not fit. Right. You know, I mean, his own satisfaction with how he's being used or, you know, what winning means to him, all that, you know, he's like a seeker and that's a different story. But in terms of how he fits on the court, Kevin Durant can fit with anybody, any team, any teammate. So my my larger point, and, you know, we'll get to the, the coups and KCP stuff here next is just that there, there. I think what we've learned with the Lakers, I think what we've learned with Milwaukee and all this stuff is too that like talent is critically important. You need elite talent to win in the NBA. There's no question about it. The more you have, the better. The better off you are. The higher your chances are. The better, bigger margin for error, all that stuff. But if your pieces don't work together, a you're not the talent gap isn't going to be there the same way that you think it is just it's not the game isn't played on paper but also too continuity matters um the amount of time that you can spend getting better as opposed to experimenting matters like the the depth of your team matters like all this other stuff and you know the lakers have to be careful about all of those things not just trying to find the biggest name possible that they can add now the good news is as i think they are long past that place where they feel like the only solution to any problem andy is to find the biggest name that they possibly can <laughs> um so i i i still very much betting Gunner peterson got a lot of other systems I get, yeah, yes <laughs> i am i'm very much betting against the whole uh uh, Westbrook thing for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, but, I mean, um, look, I, I don't. Five care. years ago, I'd have been like they. I, I'd have been a lot more nervous because I felt like they would have just been so desperate to do anything. Well, I mean, look, I don't care how big of a star for Rob Palinka is as a general manager. That deal is just going to be difficult to make happen. Period. Yeah, it's yeah just like, be all hard. of them will be. All of them will be. But um, speaking of which. Uh, there is a certain awkwardness, Andy, that comes with the uh, the the chit chat that has already taken place, um, despite the fact that uh, free agency hasn't started, the draft isn't here yet. Um, if you're one of uh, a couple guys on the Lakers roster, you have seen your name thrown around a lot. We'll talk about that next. 
Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. This week, tons of sports action on the go. As always, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, UFC, MMA. The draft is coming up, Brian. If you want to bet on the Lakers selection, the line of Jaden Springer, who we have scouted on our show, is at 22 and a half. You can bet whether he gets picked. Uh, before that, that would, I guess, be the under or after the Lakers select. 22 is the, the under, 23 is the over. Right, exactly. Uh, Unless he guys, actually gets picked 22 and a half, which is right. weird. Well, I was just going to say. you push. Like, well, I was really going to say I don't know like necessarily what qualifies as the over or under. Clarify <laughs> before you actually place this bet. Uh, Chris Duarte, who we've scouted before, he's, his over-under is currently at 17 and a half. Cam Thomas, another guy we've talked about. His is at 23 and a half. So again, you can bet specifically with guys connected to the Lakers at Bet Online before the next pitch in baseball. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts we you know we, we mentioned that the that the Kyle Kuzma names names popping up in you know basically every deal that the Lakers can come up with Woj was talking about this with Zach Lowe on their uh there was it their draft show yes. um and basically mentioned that like the Lakers have offered uh Kuz and KCP to everyone <laughs> Every deal they've they've floated, every concept that they've put out there, every everything, basically starts with KCP and Coos. There's a pretty simple reason for that, Andy. They're, those are the only people they can offer in a trade. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're the only real assets the Lakers have right now that they have complete and total control over. And, you know, it not that these guys have not been in the rumors before that they're not used to this by now. I mean, Kuzma's talked about this before that at this point, you know, he, he at least says it, it doesn't phase him anymore. I'm sure it does to some degree because these guys are all human and nobody likes having, you know, their future completely out of their control. But, you know, at the same time, neither KCP nor Kuzma is stupid. And certainly their agents, particularly Rich Paul are not stupid either. And these guys understand how easily a $13 million deal can be packaged and, you know, what their own team has or doesn't have needs, you know, where their assets would lie after they moved everything to bring in Anthony Davis, they are the assets. And this is unfortunately at times part of the deal with being an NBA player. The flip side though is if either of these guys want to ever get moved, if they're ever dissatisfied with their role or, you know, in case of Kuzma, he, you know, he's made it clear that he thinks he could do more, you know, even though I think he does whatever is asked and he works really hard doing it. It also makes your yourself easy to be moved. And sometimes you want to be moved. But either way, these guys know the score. They know what's up. Yeah, it's just it's funny to me because like on the one we talked a lot last year about how it was really beneficial to Kyle Kuzma to get locked up. And, you know, he's you know, he's got it's it was a three year deal with the fourth year as an, an option, or is it two with three? I forget exactly what it was. I think it was three with the third year as an option. Yes, it's it's one of those situations where it allowed him to do what the Lakers wanted him to do last year. It will allow him to do again what the Lakers 
might need of him this year. There's no question that it impacts his overall value. Part of what uh, you know, uh, Woj and a lot of people have been reporting is like there's a there's a really wide opinion of of coups across the league. We talked about this with Danny Larue last week from uh, from the Athletic. But if you know he's he, it's never going to stop as long as he's with the Lakers and he's signed to a reasonable contract. That's the one part of it that signing the deal was never going to be able to stop. The idea that Kuz would be the first thing that was offered, uh, you know, in, in that way, and, and and to a lesser extent, just because he's a little bit older and isn't seen, I guess is, I guess he's just not as big of a name. Is you know, KCP is in the same boat. Um, KCP is who he is. He's a high-end role player. If you're a contending team, I can see where you'd be, where he'd be of interest to you. I mean, and again, he's also somebody that is easily packaged. You know, I mean, I think part of the, I think part of the reason why you've heard a little bit more about Kuzma than KCP is also just his age allows you the idea of him being able to grow into something it's all, more. It's not only it's his age, it's also that he has shown sort of the flashes of being, right. potentially being something bigger than the role, like given a different role right. than what he's got. And, and KCP, KCP is, is exactly is. what he is. Which is good. I mean, again, I think there are teams around the league that would be interested in KCP. He's like Joe, you know what? He's, he's, he's a little like Joe Ingles in the sense that like, there's pretty much every team in the league could take him on, know exactly what to do with him, and he could probably improve that team if you know, you know, been good players. I'm not KCP's not going to take a garbagey team and lead them to the playoffs. That's not my point. But on a good team, he's got a real role. Joe Ingles on a good team has a great role to play. He's one of those guys that thrives around other good players. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, you know, it makes a lot of sense. But, like, I, I, my only question becomes, is there a point, do you think, where being part of trade rumors every single bleeping year, off-season, deadline season, all that, starts to become something that wears, wears a guy out, wears the relationship down to the point where it could be problematic? Uh, I mean, we've seen that before. I, I think it, Matt, I think what really does this, because like, for example, with Pau Gasol, like the last couple of years that he was with the Lakers, where he was just being very openly, transparently shopped, you could tell by the time he eventually left and went to Chicago, he, he was pretty upset with the team. You know, I think it just, it has to do, I think, with just how much communication there is with the front office, you know, and and the player or the agent, and also right. just how respected you feel along the way. I, and I, Powell, for example, again, clearly felt disrespected in ways that Correct. I totally understand. I mean, the way the Lakers went about doing this was pretty callous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not that they owed Powell no, but it was, loyalty you know, pass. It's not that you point. owe him. It's, it's You owe a certain way of doing it. It's not, you know, nobody is beyond, is above this, beyond this, whatever, but it's, it's how it's the, how matters. And I'm sure it gets old. I'm sure it sucks at times, you know, at the other hand, uh, $13 million makes it a lot easier to deal with shit that sucks at your job. Right. I mean, the worst thing that happens is you have to live in Sacramento for a couple of years. Um, lots to cover this week. We'll have Eric Pincus on tomorrow. We'll take your questions. 
all about the salary cap, what the Lakers can and cannot do, what things might look like uh, heading into free agency and trade season. Uh, we'll have Mike Garcia on Thursday to prep everyone for the draft. Make sure you check out Locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody next time.